Hi everyone, welcome back to uh, Outside the Huddle. It's episode 50 of Outside the Huddle, in fact. 50 not out. Um, Paul, as a cricketing man, how would you describe our half century? Sketchy and nervous? Yeah, edgy. Don't middle many. <laughs> Scrape through it. Um, look like getting out at every opportunity, but, you know, you, you, you've got to punish the bad balls, haven't you? The well, the fact we won what ball four hundred and seventy-two for a half century, <laughs> but we're there. Yeah, yeah. Not many, not many. More others. than England cricket team can do. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Is everybody fe- feeling fit and well? No complaints. Ooh. There's no such thing at our age, Andy. With these, with these bodies that we are now into our thirties with, but I'm, as good as can be. I am pretty much on the same level as you. I've got like a bad knee that I I don't know if this is like an old person thing but like there is no reason for my knee to be bad and it just doesn't seem to be healing like it used to like a couple of years ago if I had a bad knee but oh I'll wake up tomorrow and be fine but this thing is just not going away that's it that's start unfortunately that's the start yeah. um you started young Paul that's worrying yeah it's all the activity I've been doing for the many years <laughs> I don't know if this has happened to you two, but it happened to me today. I genuinely had to ask my wife how old I was. I said, am I, I said that I was 35, and then I had to check myself and say, am I 35? That I'm can't. pretty sure you brought this up before, Andy. <laughs> Which is in itself. <laughs> it's is, even it's... more worrying. <laughs> well, I've, I, I've had, I know what it is. I had my second COVID vaccine yesterday, and it's uh... knocked me into pot. Congratulations. Yeah. Immunity. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. It's get it. Don't let people, the amount of people who I work with, naming no names, who are saying they're terrified of getting it because they've heard about the side effects. But yeah, could be worse. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm. I'm halfway through. I have to say, I have noticed that third ear starting to grow around it. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm fine. Um, so tonight we've got uh, keeping up our little current tradition of having guests on the show. We've got a very, very, very special guest on the show tonight who we're going to talk to about everything to do with American football in the UK. Right, gents. Uh, part of what we wanted to do when we started this, I think, was maybe in our own small way try and help spread the word about. American football in the UK, um, and we obviously we will continue to do that. But uh, tonight, I think we're actually in the presence of I'm going to call it British American football royalty. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, we're delighted to say we're joined by CEO of Baffer, Pete Ackley. Pete, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, gents. Uh, nice to be with you. Good man. I wouldn't be calling anyone royalty at the moment, Andy. It's not a good look. <laughs> no. <laughs> Very true. Um, I won't lie, Pete. We have done we've done, done some level of um, research slash stalking um, in, pre- in preparation for this. So we'll try and get the you know the biggest benefit out of it for, for everybody. Um, we know from looking at what you've done in the past, you've worked in some pretty uh, pretty amazing roles: the FA, the England Wales Cricket Board. Um, but just as a way of general introduction. To the listeners, um, are you able to tell us where your kind of first interest in uh, the NFL came from? 
Yeah, I was um, I was probably one of those like, like most people who admit to this. I remember Channel Four in the eighties um, when my when my kids were growing up and Sunday afternoon watching you know the the show on a on a Sunday afternoon on, on Channel Four and it, it, being a massive sports nut. I mean, you know, played a lot of sports, been involved you know professionally in a lot of sports, but just American football is one of those it, it, I should just lose myself in that Sunday afternoon I just and and hence that's where the, the the Giants bit comes from and Lawrence Taylor I mean I guess at that time like everybody you, you could have ended up being a I don't know a 49ers fan a Dolphins fan because it was just who was on every week but yeah just Mike Lawrence Taylor just sacking people for fun was where <laughs> was where I came from and and just love watching it and, and you know what a little bit of it was just I just love that moment of being a, you know, that the Super Bowl night. Just this is great. Staying up all night with permission. It was like, <laughs> you could do it. You weren't. It wasn't doing something you were doing. You know that you shouldn't have been. And it was just. I just loved the. I love the sport. I mean, I just. Um, it, it's more. It's the spectacle. It's it's everything around it as well. It's not just the sport itself and the skills and the. But um, yeah, so I've, I've always been a fan. Always followed. The Giants, sometimes some great years, most of the time not. Um, um, and then, yeah, it's been involved in sport, you know, for the last well, 30 odd years, I guess. It, uh, is where I, you know, and then this this opportunity came along at, at just a perfect time. I just you know, finished at the, the FA, started in my world to so just sort of go, you know, I'm getting on a bit now. I'll start to just look at some, you know, smaller things, different things, just do things for myself and get out of the big corporate. Yeah, both both football and cricket. I just yes, they're national governing bodies, but I mean football, as in soccer, it's it's not a, it's a planet. It's it's just it's just huge. So it was then looking at opportunities, and this great opportunity in my eye came along, and um, thoroughly enjoyed every second of it, notwithstanding not seeing any football really. <laughs> so uh, um, and apologies if that's been. Uh, you know, it's been everybody's sort of view over the last sort of 12, 12 months. It's just been awful. Yeah, um, that's one of the first things I was going to say. You've, you've been in the job just over a year, is that about right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, last season just totally wiped out COVID. Um, is there any part of you that has kind of been able to look at that from a positive point of view and... You've been able to look deeper into all the other aspects of it, leaving the football. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, and that is exactly what what I and we, the board, and a great, great team of volunteers who, who you know, the sport wouldn't exist without. And let's not, you know, don't dress this up in any other way. Yeah, I'm very fortunate to be the CEO, and uh, I get paid for what I do. But just this game is just supported by so many incredible people and it's been able to to do that to look at that to look at well where are we and have a really good look under the bonnet if that's the right phrase and really start to understand right okay what are what are the big opportunities for us now and and I suppose some of those things off field we've been able to accelerate a little bit we can I think we probably would have done a lot of them anyway but it would have just been really hard work mixed in amongst football as well and it's a, you know, people always say, don't they? When, once, once the game starts, everybody gets distracted by the game and, and gets soaked into it. And so I have been able to be really objective 
take a really good look and and whilst i haven't been able to meet a lot of people face to face i've been able to do you know whether it be zoom Teams, skype whatsapp whatever and get a real understanding of where people are at and what this where the sports at and that's been able enabled me and, and us to really start to look at that 10-year vision and and done that purposely and set a 10-year vision not what most people do two or three year strategy and couple of strap lines and a few key objectives and everyone thinks the job's done. And so being bold and setting a long-term ambition for the sport and and create the sort of, I call it the why, the why we do what we do, because that's then the same for everybody. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're running a podcast and you're just keen as a fan or you're, you're a player, you're a coach, you're a referee. If everybody gets behind the, the why we're doing this for the next 10 years is to professionalise this game and inspire more people to play and play a part. Now, everybody told me, no one, no one can go against that. Everybody wants this game to be better on and off the field, to be more professional in everything we do. And I don't mean that about we pay people. I mean professionalising its broadest broadest sense. But but everybody just said that's what we've got to do. We've got to get better in every department of the game, on and off the field, how we do things, our governance, our our structure, our finance, our clubs, our teams, our players, our coaches, our referees, and that's when you start. When you when you say it quickly, it seems quite. <laughs> that's massive. Mm-hmm. That is enormous amount. That's, that's ten years' work essentially. Yeah. But being able to set that vision of of being inclusive and being creating a sport that's for everybody and and, and making it accessible. Well, that's the other thing. You know, how do we make it accessible? Because you know you're all great fans of this game, so you just go, oh, yeah, I, I get it. If I want to do what I want to do, which is put a ball in every kid's hand in a school, they've probably never seen a Super Bowl. They've probably never seen a helmet. They'll see a ball shape, and they'll think it's one thing. Or yeah, they'll be they'll be they'll have a view of what that is. But I want to put a ball in these kids' hand and inspire them to play this game. But use this country. We produce athletes. We produce great athletes in lots of sport. There's no reason why they can't become footballers so all we've got to do is create the, the structure and the pathways in and around them to to enable them to do that so that's really one of those big things is put a ball in a kid's hand create a lifelong love of the game and an experience and some of them become some of them will play some of them will coach some of them will referee some of them will just have a great interest in the game and watch watch die and watch the nfl on the tv so, you know, but it's about creating fans of the game in its broadest sense, just people who love this game, and that's what that's what the intention is: is to create a, an ambition and a, and a long-term strategy. But then the next 12 months will be key, where we start to identify right. There's be some big priorities, and that going back to your original question, what have we been able to? Probably been able to really get to the nub of what do we really need to do? And I guess also what COVID has enabled not just American football for a lot of other sports that I'm still involved with either as a volunteer or as a, as a, a, not a trustee of various charities and directors of other sports. It enables you to look at, right, okay, this wouldn't have happened normally. It has. It's reset a lot of thinking. And what do we always do? We always do what we've always done and you get what you've always got. So if you want to change things dramatically, then you, it's that art of, um, you know, you keep doing the definition of madness. If you keep doing the same old things, expecting a different outcome, 
well, you can't do that. So you have to then look at what do we need to do. So that's that's been the greatest thing, being able to look fresh and take more time to do those things, and uh, and set. And as everybody says, you know, it's it's a ten year strategy. You don't have to do it next week or next season or next you know next year. So it's just that set the ambition and set the, the vision, and that's where we'll go. Yeah, and I think a very important yeah, thing you've, you've mentioned as well is trying to give the youngsters, obviously getting the ball in the hands of the youngsters, making it fun. Um, it's on TV, you know, but it's getting them to experience it first and then that follows, isn't it? So um, is there a pathway from schools, colleges, universities to then going into teams? Or is that the yeah, uh, th- that's, that's, that's exactly what I try to do. It's what I try to do, and we, well, it's not my, we have tried to do now is, and it was listen to a lot of people what they thought they wanted to do and what what they thought the key strategies were and the key areas and it boils down they might not have used these words but it boiled down to four we've got to get more people participating and therefore we get get people into the game and that will start in a school yeah. and then we've got to then create that and then what do we do with them from a school well we've got to link them to a club because that's where they're going to get the the coaching and the structure and the so you, you can get a lot of enthusiasm in school and that's great for recruitment but then either got to keep going in the school all the time or train the teachers which was then what's a big part of what we'll look to do but then you need to get them in a structured club environment where they know that, that that's where they want to go um and then once we've got them in the education pathway i see definitely see colleges and, and universities and universities particularly as a that's going to be a real key area for us to develop, especially as we've you know, the, the, another P. I've talked about participation, but the pathway of our players. You know, we started. We've got two, you know, two really strong academies now: the NFL Academy and the and the Academy at uh, Bristol Pride at uh, at Filton. You know, they they they're doing some phenomenal work with our some real talent, and there's always this view of oh, right, because they'll get a gig. Uh, college in the states or they might get a college or they there's some great university programs right here mm-hmm. in the uk where they can get great education and dual career in so that the, so let's make that as strong or as another alternative there will be some kids who will always want to go to the states and play ncaa that's great and that's nothing wrong with that and that's an ambition but look at the numbers of successful kids who go there so it's yeah. tough that's a tough gig <clears throat> so so that, so my job i think is to identify all the potential avenues that you can and create the best possible opportunities whatever it is that uh, the, the players want to do and that comes down from a good club structure then and then that, that's also then if we're gonna inspire people to play and play their part we've got to, what we have to create then is what's us on the field it's got to be a great product it's, but it's got to be a british Products, British American football. It's not. Let's copy what they do in the states or Canada. Oh, I've seen what Germany do, and I've seen what France. This is Britain. We've got to do what's right and get that absolutely nailed on, and then link it to the key key stakeholders. So we've signed um, a long-term alliance with the Canadian Football League. Um, we've got some. I've got a great uh, partnership now with the NFL here in the UK. Um, so that's two pretty decent stakeholders to have a. A partnership with to start with and then we we started to uh, really start to think about how that engages with the international federation so we've got a participation area we've got a pathway to success i guess or pathway to 
Great Britain teams and or wherever the, the payers go. And then the, the two things in the middle that support that are the, are the people. So how do we make great coaches? How do we make a, you know, the referee program as good as it can be? And, as, and as, um, it's not just the quality, it's numbers. How do we get more referees? And then how do we develop the, our volunteer workforce, whether they be a supporting our teams on and off the field? But it might be about science and medicine. It might be about running our clubs. Um, it might be about organising competition. It might just be volunteering for British American Football Association doing a job to help us develop the sport. And and then that's that's really when it comes down to the places where we we play. We've got to you know I want to create a and ultimately the spiritual home of British American football. We'll get a set of fun where we can have our finals or what you know, what that looks like. You know, a great centre which we can utilise for our training of our, our squads. Um, you're looking then at the clubs themselves. How do we make sure our clubs have got great access to great facilities to play our game? You know, one of the challenges of this summer will be, you know, um, rugby, where we use a lot of fields to play and, and other sports. Normally, they they have their downtime in the summer. Now they haven't played for a year either, so they might want to. Play. So we're going to have to test our powers of collaboration and partnership with other sports to make sure we still got access. But I don't see that as a major problem. It's just just scheduling and and and, and having some good conversations. So there's there, so there's the four big P's that we need to do, and and then it's just pulling all that together with a and I've called it a creating a culture. You know the this is how we do things around here. Um, I want us to be, I want us to be a, a, a body that's progressive. I want us to be responsive to what people say. That doesn't mean we change direction all the time. It just means we'll hear what people say, and if we think that's something we should do, then we listen and we we'll respond. And we've, we've got to be inclusive. We've definitely got to be inclusive. But, you know, we've got a huge participation base of men and boys, less so for girls. So how do we create an inclusive game for girls and um, we just just very recently started a, a program around looking at how do we create a wheelchair football opportunity, so we can make that accessible to all, and then just being driven by doing the right things and doing things right is, is the best culture we can create, and uh, that ultimately leads to just a great enjoyment of the game. And I think if we get all those things lined properly, then I think we've got a, we've got a great opportunity to deliver a, a long term ambition as. Uh, there's a whole lot to do, but that's that's just about having a structure in which to operate. And once we've got that structure, we can we can pretty much take the sport wherever we want. Then. Yeah. Um, the the wealth of information out there on the just the website alone, um, it, it definitely got across to me that the focus is on all the different guises of the sport if you like it there's equal focus on the the women's game and the, the flag game is you're trying to get the message out there to people who want to partake in any form of it and i think that's one of the most impressive things i've seen on it so far that's very kind of it's very kind of you and I, and I think that is important and i think that is important that we've got i've got the contact version of the game which everyone was really familiar with and you know that's everybody gets that but if we're going to be inclusive and accessible some people playing this sport for the first time, you know, you might not fancy going up against a 300-pound line. That's probably not a great deal of fun for some people. But, you know, but equally, that is part of the fun of and the enjoyment about creating. And that's why the game is so great. You know, it's, it caters for 
you know, all different positions and shapes and sizes into those positions. But I think there is also a, and a real, for me now, there's that including the women's game and the inclusion side of it. That is really important as well as the getting people started in the game. So we've really got to work on creating the youth program, but it's got to be local. It's got to be where people are. You know, pe- you know people are at the moment, some of the youth teams have to travel ridiculous distances to play because that's where the next team is. It's miles and miles away. So we've yeah. got to try and create a different way of doing that. And how do we, we make that um, not a reason to stop playing? So we've got to quite start to look at how we develop our players at, at, at junior and youth level. Um, but the you know, huge opportunity for real growth is in flag football and, and that, you know, the smaller sided version. Um, we've done a lot of work currently with, with, with the NFL, with, with USA football, the, the governing body in the States, working with the, um, the International Federation and the, uh, the Olympic Association in the States because we're trying to convince them that the demonstration sport for LA in 2028 should be flag football. They would never, we'd never get an Olympic, we'd never get contact football into the Olympics. That's just, that's just never going to happen. It's the scale and size of the sport. But flag football, small-sided, a bit like rugby sevens and how that has taken off. So that's got to be a real ambition, and that will then create players who will make a choice. Oh, I just want to play. I want to. I'm. A, I want to be flag football. I want to play. I want to be on the podium in LA. I'm. I'm 19 years old now, and in 2028, I could be on a podium in in LA. You know, we've got that's so that's an important part of of what we're doing. So then, so then we've got to create a really strong infrastructure. And again, that's where universities will be will be really important and key to get in flag football in universities and then into colleges. And then, of course, that's where schools are going to play. So, you know, schools will play a non-contact version of the game. And and that's what we'll develop. So it's, it almost becomes a twin track that people can move between one and the other or they can choose one as opposed to the other. But whichever way, it's it's part of being the part of the football community in, in Britain. And that's what we'll do. Um, when you talk about the, the travel and things like that and the, the pads and the equipment just generally around funding what are I know the guys pay memberships when they're playing mm-hmm. for the team what are the other kind of revenue streams that are out there that's, that, that is always and that's a challenge for all grassroots non-professional sport if you like that's that's always going to be where, where how do we sustain the, the, the finance um, one of the things that I'm working, the reason why we're having a 10-year ambition, the reason why I've sorted out all the governance and the off-field stuff is we want to create a really good story to to the Home Nation Sports Council's government funding ultimately is, is one major area. Um, you know, if I said to you that you know, quite a lot of other sports um, in this country receive upwards of, yeah three quarters of a million pound a year from government and a sport smaller than ours. Oh. Right. So that, that that would be seismic change to our sport. Yeah. But you can only have that sort of funding and only receive that sort of funding if you're well-structured, well-organised, you've got everything in place. So there's, something has to come first. So that's... Um, and that's that, and that's going to be a challenge to those other sports because that, that sort of funding probably isn't going to be around anymore. But there will be significant funding invested into us as a governing body who is who is a high-profile, high-performing governing body that does things right, does the right thing. It's inclusive. It, it's got different formats. It can drive participation in areas maybe which other sports can't. 
you know um so that's those sorts of things that we need to we need to review um we've got to create some it's always going to be the localized funding which is just very different that could be different in newcastle different in bristol there's um we can create a lot of funding because at the end of the day what we do really effectively what a lot of our communities of football do is they get kids into programs off streets give them something great it keeps them leadership teamwork and communication and all of the things that schools want and colleges and universities want these kids to be well we're doing that in spade loads so we can start to show look yes it's american football that we're delivering but we do it through building their character building their confidence building their resilience so we just speak a slightly different language to other funding partners and there's lots of charitable funding that can be can be brought into our game to drive participation and and, and ultimately diverting these kids into a, doing something really good not making another choice so i think that's the, there's areas there and then the obvious obvious one is then looking at commercial partnerships and and looking what that looks like going forward so but first and foremost we've got to get a product and a real structure to our game that's investable and then and then we'll start to work with our key stakeholders at the nfl and cfl and 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 with government just okay well, what does our sport look like you know let's let's ultimately get eyeballs on it so big part of the strategy and one of the things that is putting uh, a real focus the strategy is not just a written strategy i want to put digital engagement at the heart of it not have a digital strategy as part of what we do it's got to be ultimately right in the heart of what we do is how do we engage with new audiences how do we engage with the generation z's and and and, and others and and you know everyone talks about broadcast i don't know about you guys but my my grandkids and my stepson are all pretty much the same age teenage see they they watch everything on youtube it's it's got to be instant or it's on their phone if there's a live game on, their phone gives them the thing that United have just scored or, or conceded yeah. or whatever. They run yeah. down the stairs because they know the game's on live because I'm watching it. <laughs> but they come in to see the replay. All right, you got them back off the go. They don't sit and watch 90 minutes of <laughs> soccer or or three and a bit hours of American football. They just want to see the package and the highlights. And so we've got to then start thinking, well, how do we? How does that? What does that look like for our game and British game? Now, clearly, we've got to put a camera on the game. It's then how we then broadcast that and how we get that into people's phones, iPads, YouTube. Yeah, there's just different ways of doing that. The, uh, the days of let's just let's get a let's get a sponsor and let's get a TV deal. Those things, unless unless you're the Premier League or the NFL, those things don't happen really that easy anymore. So we've got to start to look very differently at how we package our game, but making it appealing. And and the great thing about that, guys, is that we we can be really agile and we can be responsive to that. To that, you know, at the end of the day, all I want is someone said to me, I think something like 13 million eyeballs a week on 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 the NFL. With a, with a, you know, I'm a fan of American football. Well, I just want a percentage of them converted and watching and putting arrivals on British American football. Yeah. And some of them might want to play, and some of them might want to engage, and some of them might want to get involved. And that's that's about that. It's about, it's about translating some of that other audience into engaging with us. Well, that's a bit, P. I hope my mommy brings us up. But that's one thing all three of us 
had said, there's so many, so many opportunities out there because of the NFL and how it's growing in this country and in the UK and even in Europe and it extends out. It feels like a lot of people are still unaware that there is a British American Football League. And I know that's one of the challenges you're probably trying to deal with now. But yep. that, to, for us, that's something that we're missing now. That'd be something that we can put eyeballs on, go and watch the games, play. So, yep. it, yeah, it's trying to convert the fan base already. We're all passionate fans, like you say. It's trying to convert yep. that. No, it's, good. it's a really good point. I mean, I, I, mean, I said at the, my first sort of major meeting of addressing the... the um, a lot of the clubs and the teams and the coaches and the GMs and and I just said, look, I've come after a thirty-year career in sport, in cricket and football and around different bodies and I said, you know what, I'm a sports analyst. I said, this is the best kept secret I've ever found. This sport in Britain is the best kept secret now. Yeah. I don't want, I don't plan to keep it a secret anymore. <laughs> so it's exactly what you're saying there. It's about right. Okay, so so. How do we get eyeballs on it? Well, to do that, well, then we've got to get the product on the field really good. We've got to create the right product. We've got to get people wanting to go to that. We've got to create an experience. So yeah, you know, it's not just a you turn up, pay three quid on a gate or five quid and watch a game. And actually, let's make it get a tailgate. Let's get the families in. Let's make it a whole exactly, day yeah. experience. Let's do all of the things that, you know, guess what? Whilst I said I want this to be British, what are the things that we can learn and take from North America and bring to here and create that experience of, of music and enjoyment and experience? It's a whole experience, not just the game itself, which I think that's what we do in British. We just get focused on a, on the kickoff and the final whistle, which or whatever it is in whichever sport. And we, we sometimes don't create the whole experience. Um, I think that's what we've got to focus on. But that means getting a great product. That means improving and getting into some great facilities, getting some great players, which we've already got, and developing that competitiveness on on the field. Yeah, I think um, that's a really key message because I talk to a lot of people who I speak with about that know now that I'm into American football and they aren't. As much as I talk about how great it is, I still get the same comeback. People say, oh, it takes so long. Oh, it takes so long. And because they can't get past that, they actually miss out all the other brilliant things that go into that experience of following a team and watching a game. And Yeah, and I think and I think that is the important thing. That's, yeah, you guys will have, will have been to Wembley and or Tottenham. And <laughs> there's so much going on at any time yes they're playing it but it's just astonishingly you know enjoyable a great experience you know whether it be pre-game whether it be between plays whether it be it's just, now that's I mean, that's just a a high, high quality phenomenal experience from when you, from an nfl day but there's so much we can replicate from that without having to do all of those things we can still create a lot of that at a local level and which you don't get in a, a local rugby game or a cricket match or a you know and it's that sort Sorry. of you know sort of that sort of experience and that's what we've got to create and we we can do that but equally um as you say you've got to get people past that god yeah that super bowl goes on for four and a half hours and and it's and it's only on play it's only 15 minutes a quarter they, you know, they, yeah. however you know you, you get one hour's play 
you get full action uh, for one hour, not not the 23 minutes of Premier League football that actually is in play at any particular time. But and I think that, that that's a job we've got to do. We've got to get that message, and we've got to work with our you know our, our friends and colleagues in the NFL to help us get those messages across. I also think school is a really good example of that because people have got that perception that soccer or football over here is the be-all and end-all and American football is just like rugby. It's, all, it's rugby with helmets. They're, you know, like yep. in their hand, they enjoy it. They come away with it with a positive experience and then they pass it on to their family or they grow up with their own ideas. And I think that's, that's the roots of it. I wish I was younger when I discovered the American football because I was that person, but no one was reaching out to me. So... Yeah, yeah, I think that is I think that is the underlying issue. You get to the youngsters especially, and it's growing over here, and the support's there. I think I think you'll be halfway there, and I think yeah, also I think that's a, that's, into it as well. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's a real big part of it. It is just demystifying it at a school level and or a first entry level. You know, um, once you get over that, and and also making it attractive to great athletes in other sports. You know, because. Yeah. People who go to uni- that's why I think our university programs are so key and so good at what they do is, you know, you get a freshers week, it's their first time away. They've never, I've played rugby or I've played football. Oh, blimey, they've got an American football. I've, ne- I've always fancied that. And they're probably having this conversation, having had a few beers at the freshers. Like, you know what, I've signed up, you know, I'm in. Yeah. But for three years, they get great coaching, great programs, some competitive opportunities. You know, what a great opportunity. And then it's about making sure we capitalise on that and get them into our club structure and, and making that university programme and our club structure really close. So it's one of the reasons why we don't play at the same time of the year. So we make sure that those at university play at a different time of the year to our right. to our clubs. So you can so if you once you start playing, you could you can get twelve months of the year football. Yeah. Um just picking up on something you said earlier, Pete, about your <clears throat> the partnership with the NFL. Um <laughs> Just as a general overview, do you do you get the impression from their side that they really want to see the British-based game grow and succeed just as much as you do? Or yeah, I think I, that's that's what that's my experience thus so far. They've they've been incredibly accommodating. They've um, I've got a hot desk that I can utilise in the NFL offices in London, and that they they made that available about about a week before COVID lockdown. So I've actually been in it yet and seen it. <laughs> so, but that, but that's but they you know we've got a really great relationship. So the you know the the NFL Academy and and the British game is is important that they're both successful. Um, the investment into if you like into Europe and into into the UK specifically to get fan bases. It's important that they that 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 develops and putting a ball in kids' hands early and with the NFL. At the end of the day, those kids then will, everybody do, we all pick a team, we all, and, that, and that's important for the NFL. So I think what's important for me and for British American football is to understand what what success looks like for British American football is growing a game, more people playing, all the things I've just talked about. It's slightly different for the NFL, what they want and what success looks like for them. And I've just got to match that we marry those two up. Really excited that Brett Gosper has just come from World Rugby as the new head of the NFL in UK and Europe. And I think that's a, that's a great move because he's, he's globalised rugby massively. So um, hoping to go meet with you know, Brett in the next, uh, the next few weeks. He's going to be a busy man to start with, but 
that's really about us then saying, look, this is the British game. This, this is what we can do for you. And this is what you can do for us. And this is what we can do collectively. So I think, I think it's about translating what, what we want to do into a language that oh, I see why that is. That, that works for us. And that's, that's a secret of business, right? You just make success in their eyes, in their eyes and make it their idea. And it's great. I'm a, but really strong relationship. Can't, can't speak highly enough of the, the guys at uh, the NFL UK office in London. They've been incredibly supportive. We work very closely. And, and the academy there is now starting to now position to play them. We've only been going a couple of years. One of those years, we've hardly, hardly been on a field. So they've already started to get some great athletes and transitioning them into 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 great footballers so got um yeah very very um very confident how we can do that and how we can work together and and the london series is so important because that's a great showpiece around the game and and you guys probably been to the game it's a phenomenal experience but there's so much we can do about the british game working and make making that time a very strong so if you go into a you go into london you go into wembley you can create other activities around game week in and around the games which people start to pick up and it's great for pr great for publicity we use the teams when they come over to promote the game and, and that's 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 what that's what the nfl are really about really promoting that way and using the the globalization of their game and now we've got to be we've got to be ready for that Pete, you did make a, I did catch one of your interviews before, and you made a suggestion that all three of us all discussed. But um, we were saying about the Brit Bowl. Imagine if that was on the same weekend as the London game, <laughs> be because fair. it's you know there's so many people coming into London over the weekend, yep. whatever. It would be a great way to just draw some more people in. And I heard yeah. you say about potentially putting it in the Spurs Stadium. Why, why not? Yeah, why not? Why? And, and I, that, that you know, put, put my, I think people sort of look at me as though I think I've had too much to drink when I say it, but. <laughs> If you don't have some big goals, like let's put a ball in every kid's hand. Let's have Brit Ball on the Friday night in the stadium before the game on the Sunday. Do you know what? You can test all your camera angles. You can go through a stadium refit. If you've got a ticket for the game, just get you come in, come in. Just that, t- that gets you into both games. You know, yeah. you could have sixty thousand at a Brit Ball. Yeah, exactly. Why not? And for the players as well, that is incredible. That's the pinnacle, isn't it, of a career? So absolutely, yeah. Round. You know, don't don't get me wrong. My negotiating skills to get that through is going to be pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty tested. But um, hey, you know that that's that's what we're that's what we're here for, and let's let's not let's not set our bar, our bar too low. No, I like it. Paul, I know you had a really good question that we talked about during the week. You've got to throw it in. Can you remember it? <laughs> good, good one. <laughs> um, I think it was the one that comes to mind. Um, I was obviously we were discussing the sports that you've worked in previously before you came on football, cricket, and um, between us, we're all fans of them as well, uh, different levels. But what do you think you can take from the FA and the English Cricket Board going into the NFL? Because obviously it's hard to translate in some fields, but when you look at the general structure of sport and making it successful. You've got to be able to take something from there. Is there anything specific from either of them bodies that you feel that can be put into British? Yeah, and well, I think there is, there is the just the general, I call it that professionalism of how you approach that. You take the, the learnings from big sports, and at the end of the day, same meat, different gravy. It is just 
the things you need to do really effectively and really well, you, you need to do those really effectively and really well with a much smaller sport. That, um, I think from my point of view, it's the work that I was involved with um, in, in, well, let's just take a couple of examples. In football, yeah, when I went to the FA, they still played junior football under 10s on a full-size pitch with goals the size of Wembley, playing 11 aside, running around in packs after a ball, not getting a kick or a touch. And that was that was considered enlightened. And, and it's, only, it's only because Lampard's goal got ruled out against Germany that we didn't get to a semi-final. We did a full review. And one of the things we were able to prove and evidence, and you know, it wasn't me, I was just part of a huge team of people and some, some great individuals there who said... This can't go on. If you're starting to play this game at five, you need to play three or four aside with lots of touches and no, no, no results, no scores. Just play, learn the game, get better before you. And there's one thing that that's what we need to do. We need to think about what we do while players are developing to get the right format and the right way to play a game, so they can develop all the skills, create the right formats to love the game, and then. Then load load all the other stuff off later on when they're either physically or mentally capable of dealing with it. So that's that's one of the big key factors. And like this because for this is an ex cricketer and he coached at a decent level, was involved a long time and still coaches in the Lancashire League now. We still got kids who play cricket at under twelve, and they play on the same size of field as the first eleven do. I've I've, I've got kids in my cricket club. Who've, They've never hit a boundary because they can't <laughs> hit it that far. <laughs> you know, I wish that was my excuse too. Yeah, yeah. So there's, that's one big learning. So let's make sure that we play on the right size field, the, the formats yeah. we play, smaller. So people get an understanding of the game and, and develop and, and have a lot of enjoyment rather than, geez, that's a long way to run. Or that's a mass. I can't throw the ball that far. Or, or you know. So that's one of the things. So, you know, absolutely getting age appropriate and getting the right the right development of our players and athletes at the right time and, and not just mirroring. Well, that's what they do in the NFL and in America. Well, let's make sure that some of our guys haven't had 15 years you know, from birth. That's what they've always done. So we have to somehow create that. But there are lots of things we can learn from, from both sides of that. I think the other thing then is, is making, how do we create the right format and structure of our game? You know, so, um, what tended to happen in so so let's say women's women's football women's soccer you know we've got now a hugely successful women's super league it's going to be on bbc tv it's going to it's got great teams it's got highly professional approach it's got great athletes great players it's got a great press it's got it's great role models now it's only 10, 10 years ago it was nowhere near that and that was because it was a concerted, focused effort of, right, what do we need to create here? What does the structure need to look like? What do we need to do to create the right formats to get to make this game equivalent to the men's game? And, and again, we did a similar, when I was at cricket, we started in women's cricket, was just all the best players played in one club or one area. And then they had to travel hundreds of miles to games. And funny enough, people got really quite bored of either getting hammered every week or traveling hundreds of miles for a game that in cricket's terms it then rained and they didn't play so you know so you 
so you've got to start to think about well how do we design the product and the and the structure to to be able to meet the needs of the game and how it develops not well we've always had a structure that looks like this so therefore we'll just carry that on and that's about consultation it's about speaking to people well what should that look like and how should we develop it and let's do it let's do it collectively and and let's let's just create great formats and another the important thing is you still got and you still ensure that you can play if you just want to play for fun in your local grassroots you know flag team or contact that can still happen not everybody wants to play this game at the a yeah. high level and maybe get a gb position that's not what so we've got to cater and that's all that is in all the sports i've been involved in that's always that pressure the balance between participation and the pathway you know because you know you local cricket coaches suddenly go, oh, I've got a great player in my team, so we'll win every game because he'll bat and bowl and score all the runs and take all the wicket. The other 10 kids aren't getting a game. Mm-hmm. And they get turned off. They don't play anymore and they drop out. So this, we have to get that balance between the participation angle and the, and the performance side of things. And that's the key. That's, that's going to be one of the key things to get right over the next two to three years for sure. But, and then and how we evolve that into a potential package and properties that we can all we can all enjoy and get behind. Yeah, I mean, last thing last I'll, thing I'll uh, chip in with um, all of this, all everything I've read and listened to um, you say, Pete, makes me think about having conversations about the the games being played in London. Uh, in, sat in the pub one day and we were talking about the games and that. That question comes up about, I wonder if there'll be a UK-based team. Everyone always asks, oh, the Jags, the Jags, the Jags. And I, I'm guilty of this. I'll hold my hands up. And I was one of the people who used the term back then. Well, it's it's America's sport. So, you know, it's nice to have games over here, but let's let them, you know, it's their sport. Let them keep it kind of thing. And we'll kind of watch from, from the sidelines. But... All of this that we've looked at and talked about, you can just see the potential for having, for it being something we can have our own version of. I think that's, mm. that's where it's totally turned around my um, vision of the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's, I'm a bit like you. It's just one of those, you know, I, I love seeing all the different teams come to, to Wembley and Tottenham. Right? So it's great to see lots of different teams. But, but then again, if, if there was a London franchise, you'd still be able to see then lots of those teams come and play here. So it's it's a big call, isn't it? It's I mean, it's, but that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to globalise their game. They globalise their fan base. Other sports have taken over from from football in the states in terms of its globalisation. So yeah, and that, and that is about that, that is the world right now. You know, high level sport. And I mean, I've been lucky to work in you know senior positions in both both soccer and cricket and understand. The, that bigger picture and, and you know work you know playing on an international stage and playing you know whether it be the IPL in cricket I mean that's now completely dominating yeah cricket but you know look at it it's a phenomenal product it, it it's got great players so you can understand why it's taken the, the process it's taken um you know the Premier League football you know, it's I I can I can remember when it used to be rubbish watching first division football and being a man you know i, I remember being, we went in the second division and, and some of those games on some of those pitches in some of those stadiums was dreadful 
and it's not that long ago. Yeah. Mm. Now it's a phenomenal product. It's it's global, and I think you know that's where they you know the NFL. I must be thinking on similar similar lines. And you know, my my job is you know, I'm, I'm concentrating, focused totally on British American football. But if I can create something here that that people want to get behind and get more fans behind and get a growing fan base behind. And, and if you say you have your own team, if that benefits British and American football, fantastic. And that's, um, and that's what we've got to start to look at. We look at, uh, you know, look at things differently. I think just jumping on that, when we go to the international games, we'll go over here that it's not just UK people that you see there. There are, there's a massive appetite for it in Europe in general. Germany, I know, had the massive fan base. Is there any way that you're looking to incorporate the whole continent into making some, I don't know, a league or games, international games? <laughs> well, it's interesting. I mean, I think that's that's part of, you know, Brett Gosford just coming in. I think that, that is, he's now head of NFL Europe, UK and Europe. So there's the very conscious, it's UK and Europe. Yeah. So it's how, how that. It's you know it's this side of the Atlantic for them and you know what's that? That's a it's a I don't know what 60 million population in the UK. If you then go Europe wide, then that population base is enormous. So you can see why that would be. Um, interestingly, there's you now only today having uh, seen some information and just keeping a watchful eye. There's a new European league for you know uh, for football being muted. It's Talking about taking some of the German teams in, a team from Barcelona. You know, I don't know. You've got you've got to have some very deep pockets to create a, a franchise football system from scratch in a COVID in a COVID <laughs> world. Um, either they, you know, either they, you know, they're going to have a very very big deep pockets to do that, or they've you know they've they've come across the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, but you keep an eye on it. I mean that. There's, you know, there used to be NFL Europe. There, there, there has mm-hmm. been a European league before. There's, there's been versions of European leagues. So, it's one of those things. You, it's got to be right. I mean, my focus absolutely is on developing football ball here. And but then again, once you've developed football here and you've got successful teams, successful teams want to pit themselves against <laughs> other successful teams. So, yeah. you know, you know, you soon get, you soon grow from a, a domestic competition. Yeah, let's get our let's get our absolutely our, our house in order here and absolutely nail that. But always one eye on what's the long term and how do we develop that. But let's let's absolutely get it right here first. Hey, I know you're fairly new, and this is a one of those silly questions. But when um, a team wins the Brit Bowl, do they get to say they're world champions? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have your t-shirts printed or whatever you like. <laughs> That's what tends to happen, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah, it's um, well, first and foremost, let's get, let's get it in the Tottenham Stadium and, and let's get 60,000 people, and then we can sell a whole heap of merchandise for Britball Man as well. So, sounds good. Um, gents, have we got any other things you want to ask, Pete? Um, I'm up. Uh, I think Pete's covered it, yeah. I'm, I think I've talked for the others as well, but we are hoping to start going to games this year. Yeah. Um, even if it's just pop along because. I don't really have the time, but I hope I'll be able to go to a couple of games. And we, we did talk about potentially going to the Brit Bowl final this year to, to experience it um, and maybe do a live yeah. podcast from it. Um, because we know there's a lot of people like us who listen to our podcast who will be also looking for something. So 
it'd be a good opportunity for like us to do a meetup, for instance. And exactly. I'm sure other podcasters jump on board as well. So. I'd be delighted to meet you in person when we can. I can't wait for that moment. I, this, these four walls are really starting to, <laughs> to wear very, very thin, I must admit. But uh, no, I'd be delighted to meet you. Let's do a let's do one of those podcasts. You know, don't have to be Britball. Let's do it a game once we start. And, Perfect. you know, everything's, we can come back to play from the 29th of March. We then got to go through a whole heap of rebuild and reconnect. You know, but by the middle of the summer, you know, as Boris says, we can... <laughs> do things without restriction we can play some games uh, I think I think 2021 for us will be different it'll, it'll just be about playing as much football as possible which then gives you know let's get down let's meet uh, we'll go to a game and do a podcast from it and talk about you know how the game's developing and you get a chance to see you know some of the talent offer yeah it sounds oh, great, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you got anything else you want to give a shout out to Pete um, it's, it's really just a an enormous thank you. And I know this it always sounds trite, but I can't say thank you enough to... This hasn't been easy for, for, for anybody. And, you know, the, but the way people have committed and got behind um, the, the, the strategy, the vision, and, and have really supported the fact that, you know, we can't play, but it's the right thing to do and we'll be ready when it, when it is. And I just want to say thank you to the, to the, to the players, um, but to the, to the volunteers who run the clubs and support the clubs, because they have been immense. Um, to all the got to all the got to my guys, my my volunteer workforce who have, you know, they've gone through some pretty pretty tough stuff to do over the last twelve months. But we've, we've, we've delivered. We've got some great comms team. We've got some great stories out on the website. With you know our, our guys who register all the players and go through all that process. Phenomenal support from from all of them. And, you know, uh, the work we've done from our coaches at the moment, it's just been awesome. Everyone's been, we now realise we can teach people American football, we can coach people, and you don't have to leave, you don't have to leave your home office. You can do a whole load of training and development, which is one of those things that we're now going to be able to do. So those guys in, in our coaching association who've developed all of that is, is setting to none. So really, it's just a massive thank you. And, and thank you to you guys for, for helping promote the British game. I really appreciate it. A pleasure. Anything we can do, and however small we will. But, um, yeah, I would just say it's been really interesting to learn about just doing some research for this and seeing the scale of the operation. And I would, I would advise anyone to just go out and find who your local team is and even just go on to games if you don't want to get involved. But if you're brave enough to get involved, then <laughs> put some pads on and... Yeah. Hit some people. Give it a give it a go, and uh, yeah, just get on the website. Just to find a club yeah. tool on the website, and uh, you can get on there, and we'll find a team local for you. Great stuff. Thank you very much for your time, Pete. It's absolute pleasure. Thanks, gents. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pete. Take care. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Okay, thanks to Pete Ackley from Baffa for joining us today. I think that was uh, that was pretty well appreciated, gents. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I am more invested in it already. Yeah, you can tell the passion that he's got for it already, and he's got so many great ideas. And yeah, I think that's something that we need to look into. I felt like I learned more from that. Yeah, let's try and jump on the back of it and gain some success from somewhere. Yeah, I think we'll we'll let Pete lead us. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) We'll take the glory. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely something I'm. I'm going to get more involved in if I can. Um, not from a playing point of view, because I'm soft, 
Um, I thought you were northern. It, well, yeah, but I, I also don't like being flattened by much, much, much bigger people. So I don't know. I could, I could be like, not even a coach because I don't know anything. But like <laughs> the guy who hands out the water bottles. The yeah. So it's programs. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I haven't, <laughs> I haven't picked a team yet either. So I'm, uh, I'm still sort of. I'm going to take my time because I, I dived into picking a college team and they turned out to be absolutely crap. Your NFL team's doing you a lot more jobs. And, and, and my NFL team are not much better, so I'm going to wait and find out which one's best. Does that mean we can we can get someone to choose the team for you, Andy? Is that something you'd like us to help you with? Well, possibly, but I would prefer it to be one of the teams I could travel to and watch. Okay. Maybe you give us four options and we pick the last one. Do that. There's four. There's four that are pretty accessible. Is that because you can get the train to one of them, or? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I am. I, I am going to. Hopefully, they'll be able to start. You know, pretty soon. Uh, all things considered, and I'm, I'm definitely going to go out and watch them. And yeah, me too. Who knows? Who knows? I might get the bug and end up playing. And oh. God, you know. Then I've. Then they've got my money. I'll be paying. <laughs> yeah. We've all come all the way up to watch Andy every week, definitely. Andy, the, the entire Pick Six group is there support Andy, and he gets slapped on the first snap. <laughs> Can you imagine what you go along and say, well, "What position do you think you'd be good at?" I no idea. Can you can you throw the ball a long way? No. Is it fast? No. No. Are you? I don't know. What could I do? Kick it, maybe. Yeah. Can you kick? Hey, no, I think, <laughs> used to be able to. I think you could be a good safety. I think you mentioned that the other day when we talked about it. I think safety is a good. It's in the name, isn't it? So if you're a safety, you should be safe from mm. getting hurt. You yeah. can sort of avoid avoid it if you. Oh, oh. I was, you see the. I chase chase the guy who's definitely not going to get the ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's great. I you could, went that way, but it was a seagull. Oh, but, but then you just got. Oh, you claim that you were locking him down. That's why he didn't get the ball. Yeah. You start doing the yeah, celebrations. You no, know, my my place belongs on the in the stands or on the sideline. Looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. And anyone who's interested, definitely check the website out because it's got a lot more information that I think I, I didn't realise there was so much to it. There's so many different. If you like flag, there's all the information you need for all the different divisions. Finding the team, I would definitely jump on their website. Yeah, 100%. Get following some teams, follow Pete, uh, keep an eye on what they do. Um, we'll be we'll be sticking close to them and sharing their stuff as well. Um, I think that's about it, gents. Anything you want to add? No, I think the less we talk, the better, because I think Pete's stole the show, to be honest, and we don't want to ruin it. Very true. And we'll speak next week, I guess. Yeah. Have a good week. Yeah. Stay safe. See you soon. See you later.